2: Totally Football League Show, a much needed win for Swansea, a shocker for Sunderland, Oldham victorious in the Misery Derby, Forest up for the Cup, and we get the lowdown on League One from one of its resident skippers. This is the Totally Football League Show in association with Paddy Power. Saturday Tuesday, Saturday Tuesday. Here we go then, gang. Back for another week of TFLS. Uh, joining me, Matt, to talk through the weekend's news and notes Ah, Sam Parkin. Hi, Matt. Adrian Clarke's with us too. Hello. And live from the manager's office, it's a warm welcome back to Wigan Wanderers Captain Joe Jacobson. Hi, Joe. How are you doing? You right? Good, thanks. So you're straight off the training pitch ahead of tomorrow's game with Shrewsbury. Um, luckily, this is a podcast, so people can't see the tactics board behind you, but... Uh, <laughs> It's a big game for you, isn't it, all of a sudden, that, after, after a couple of defeats, chance to get back to winning ways?
3: Yeah, I had the weekend off, didn't have a game, so it's, um, sometimes it's, it's nice to have a little break. The gaffer gave us four days off after the, after the game, so um, gave us just time to get away, refresh. We had a little meeting and just said, look, it's the last third of the season now, let's just give it everything and see what that takes us. It's, it's a game that we think we can win. Um, I'm not sure about those tactics behind me I'm not sure what formation it is but if I'm on it then I I don't care (laughs) (laughs) Uh, before we get to our regular EFL coverage let's talk a
2: bit about the FA Cup because there was plenty going on for us to enjoy not least Adrian at the world famous city ground
4: brilliant wasn't it it was fantastic well it was brilliant unless you're a Leicester fan Um, pretty embarrassing from there in but no another tremendous Afternoon at the City Ground. How many more are they going to have this season? The Arsenal one was was a famous win. I was there for the Derby one, great noise, and then this was another one to add to the list. I just thought there's so much fire and purpose about Nottingham Forest at the moment. Just everything they're they're doing, they're doing with, with real energy and belief. It's it's an it's an unbelievable transformation from from early season under Chris Houghton. where honestly. I, and I, saw, you know, I saw them a few times in the flesh. It just felt like that you could go half an hour and they wouldn't have a shot on goal. It's it's so so different now. So yeah, well done to to Cooperman and, and the boys.
2: Joe, my theory on, on Forrest is that it, it doesn't have to be this season, but it could really do with being this season that they go up because they're not going to have Jed Spence next season. They're probably not going to have Brennan Johnson next season and they might not have Steve Cooper for much longer if it goes at, at, at this rate. Momentum's such a massive thing in football, isn't it? you really got to make the most of it whilst you've got it
3: yeah like you said you've got to kind of go when you're hot sometimes and and as they might have a plan in place for the next couple of years or whatever it is but if there's an opportunity you've got to kind of take it and like you said their best bit the 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 window is probably keeping hold of those two players johnson and spence and i know they turned down big money from from brentford and and the, the hype around jed spence at the minute is is incredible he's had such a fantastic season so for them to keep hold of those players and and the manager of course it you know, it's it's given everyone a, a lift. They've added a couple and and you know, they're in a great position at the minute and one of the most feared teams in the league. Um right now not in Forest and, and for them such a huge club I think they their fans are desperate for them to be back in a Premier League
2: we certainly are um shout out to, to to Dame Murphy and the recruitment team for getting Steve Cook and Keenan Davis in, in January made a massive massive difference to Forest uh, Sam you and I were at Stamford Bridge to see Plymouth almost take Chelsea to penalties anything else catch your eye about Borough we, we tipped that as a potential shock on Thursday's show
1: yeah, I thought, obviously, Boreham Wood, going to Bournemouth yesterday, huge story. Luke Garrard was a young player at Swindon with me, so I've kept a, an eye across his managerial career to date. And I'm sure there'll be there'll be teams within the Football League looking at him now. Uh, he's done great work there and um, that's a phenomenal result. Yeah, I mean, Middlesbrough kicked the weekend off brilliantly. They had to, to ride their luck, didn't they? But it encapsulated everything that's great about the FA Cup. Brilliant penalties, apart from Sol bambers. I thought I wanted to get the lad's take on this. That was a curly-toed centre-half trying to <laughs> ping a ball. That was what I felt as soon as I saw it. I was a bit curly-toed myself, so I'd normally go with the side foot, but it amused me. And, um, yeah, fortunately, it went in the net and, and they got through. But I thought that was a great start. And, yeah, again, probably Joe's got a good idea about this, but I've, I felt with Plymouth, they are a team that don't change their shape. Everyone knows their job. You know, there's teams probably in League One that have got a bit more tactical flexibility. But I thought that was so evident that they went to Chelsea. They played two up front, played the three-five-two. Even the subs knew their job. And, and that's why against a Premier League team, not patched up in terms of being weaker, but a side that haven't probably played together much against a well-drilled League One side. Really difficult afternoon, and all credit to them, especially the defenders, the centre-halves, and the goalkeeper were amazing.
2: Uh, Luton can look forward to a fifth-round home date against Chelsea, but poor old Peterborough have drawn Manchester City some reward for beating QPR. That uh, right, we'll head off to the championship next. We all enjoy the sport we call the beautiful game, but since I've retired, I've discovered an ugly, even darker side to the sport we love. Join me as Jamie Redknapp investigates.
0: Thanks, Jamie. We'll take it from here. Join Jamie Redknapp for Jamie Investigates, the football mockumentary series. Watch on Paddy Power's Twitter. This week, Jamie investigates Twitter trolls. Do you know the truth? Paddy Power. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, Courtside seats to an NBA game and more. Head over to MicelobeUltra dot com slash courtside to learn more. 18 plus become aware. Dot org.
5: You're listening to the Totally Football League Show, part of the Athletic Podcast Network.
2: In the Championship, Blackburn, the only team to play in the top six, lost at Swansea. Sheffield United closing in on the playoffs after besting Birmingham. Hull lose their X Factor under their new owner, but Preston's got talent. And Mel Morris is trying to dig himself and Derby out of a hole he dug with a shovel, which he presumably bought and then sold back to himself at a vastly (laughs) inflated price. Uh, We're going to start in South Wales. Russell Martin easing the pressure, which was maybe starting to build on him as his Swansea side overcame second place Blackburn. That, despite the Swans playing most of the second half with 10 men. This was the moment that mattered from Michael Oberfemi.
1: Useful looking cross, free header and a goal! Michael Oberfemi and finally Swansea City have found the net.
2: Uh, Jamie Patterson back in the side in recent weeks. Uh, Joe, we've spoken about him a
3: lot. You'll have played against him. I imagine he's a bit of a nightmare for defenders. Yeah, he's a very good player. Um, played against him years ago when he was down at Walsall, I think it was. And he shows how important he is to, to Swansea. And you just think that what could have happened the last few weeks or and, and the previous games, if he was available for whatever reason, You don't. you're not quite sure who's kind of pull two out of the team. Sometimes it's it's a bit of both. But um, for them now, for, for the second half of the season, they needed him, they need his creativity, is what he brings. He brings that little bit of fear factor. I think playing against players like that, you know that they've got something special in the bag and they're just kind of waiting to show it on the pitch. So for Swansea to have that now, because I think early on the season, you, you know, they're going to win the possession stats, the passing stats, but I think they've lacked that killer kind of instinct up top and, and he can hopefully bring that for Swansea for the rest of the season. And this was a different way for them to win as well, wasn't it, Cluggy?
2: Because of the sending off, it meant that they couldn't dominate possession, which is what they want to do. So kind of in adversity, Russell Martin found out something positive about his team.
4: Yeah, they did. Yeah, it was it, on the red card. It, it's a red card that comes about because of the style of play, doesn't it? The The goalkeeper looking to ping a clever sort of diagonal out to the left wing back. And and it puts him in trouble and mistimes the tackle and, and he's off. So that's one of the negatives of, of sort of playing in in that way. But there are lots of positives as well. Of course, they rode their luck definitely in this game. I think Blackburn had had loads of chances. I thought I thought the goal w- w- was a classic really in in terms of uh, was it Uncham I think that made a great run across the centre half, completely distracted him and the, and the the left wing back. Was dozing. He didn't. He didn't really react. He wasn't in the right position on the cover. It was. It was really cleverly worked goal. It wasn't just about the cross. Really enjoyed the sort of decoy run. And um, yeah, it's they needed it, didn't they? It's not been, not been a great run for for Swansea, but they're okay. They're okay. They're a work in progress, aren't they? It's, I think for them, you know, unlike Forest, they are building, aren't they? For for next season, um, yeah, he'll get he'll get time, I think.
2: This is a bit of a wobble from Blackburn, Sam, isn't it? Failed to score four of their last six in the league now.
1: Yeah, I mean, his, his hands were tied a little bit, Tony Mowbray here, because he left uh, Burton Diaz and Kedra on the bench and there was no Gallagher, there's no Dolan right now. So he went without a recognised striker, again, partly down to the travel with Burton Diaz and an injury for, for Kedra. So those guys came on and didn't have an impact, which probably shows that it was the right decision but they're missing important players right now I think maybe could have gone and got a striker in the window just when Brewerton's not available I think they're a little bit light in in that area but I think they're, they're going to be competitive Blackburn they've got they've had such momentum this season they've got that lovely balance in the midfield they've been able to keep hold of those players as well as well as the talisman up front so hopefully for their sake it's just a wobble but of course, you'd expect them to create more chances than they did against the, the 10 at the weekend.
4: I think we saw some glimpses of Ryan Giles and what he's going to offer um, in the game. He, I think he played in one of the attacking midfield slots early on and then got moved to wing-back and that was where he was at his best. Some of the service that he was putting into the box was, was top-notch after the break. And you just think when when Brereton diaz is, is, is back fully fit and, and ready to, to do his thing, when you've got Gallagher in there... Kadra as well, I think he's going to be a, a, a big player for the moving forwards. But I do agree with Sam. They should really have brought in someone as as cover for, for Brereton-Diaz.
2: So Blackburn faced Forrest next. They missed the chance to cut the gap on Fulham, meaning that even though Fulham got tonked at Man City, they proved Gloria Clemente's theorem voiced in the 1992 film White Men Can't Jump to be correct.
6: Sometimes when you win, you really lose.
4: And sometimes when you lose, you really win. And sometimes when you win or lose, you actually tie. And sometimes when you tie,
1: you actually win or lose.
6: Winning and losing is all one big organic lobule from which one extracts what one needs.
2: Uh, on Friday night, Birmingham supporters protested at the mismanagement of their club. Lee Bowyer protested at the officials. And after all that, Sheffield United came from behind to win the game. And they are all of a sudden three points off the playoffs with two games in hand on sixth place West Brom. Uh, Joe, we were kind of scratching our heads when Paul Heckingbottom got the Sheffield United job and, and Slavisa Jokanovic was sacked, but three wins on the spin, only lost
3: once in the league under him, shows what we know. Yeah, um, someone as well who's, who knows the club and been around there and, and knows the players, who probably knows how to get the best out of those players. Um, and when you've got someone like Billy Sharp back in the goals and, and having a, another prolific season, it, it always helps. And they've kind of kept with the same same formation. Um, a lot of the players who've them success a few years ago and getting up to the Premier League and staying in the Premier League is is boded well for them, and you know they're they're not far off the playoffs at all, and and it's all about the last third of the season now, and they can definitely uh, put a challenge in to get in there. Like you said, if you've got someone scoring goals, that that always helps. And and going back to Blackburn, then with when they when they're missing Bertrand Diaz, the goals kind of dry up a little bit with Sheffield United. They have got someone scoring the goals at the minute, and it shows how quickly it can propel you up the league.
2: Decent chance to go on a run, Sam. Four of their next five at home. They'll definitely be eyeing those top six places.
1: Oh, the, the best team in the league, I think, over the last 10 games. It's uh, just one defeat under Heckingbottom. And yeah, I mean, Joe's right about Billy Sharp. It's The expectation's going to be on his shoulders now. And you've got Gibbs White, I think, kind of nearing a return as well. So I think those two, pivotal. But if you if you look at this, the, the stats, I think they're third for shots in open play, fifth for shots inside the penalty area and fourth for XG overall. So I think they're underachieving really in terms of where they should be. They've, they've certainly got enough creativity. It's probably that they haven't had uh, enough goals or regular goal scorers in the centre forward position. So now that Sharp has turned his form around and um, they're looking looking better as a collective unit, they've got an unbelievable chance, I think of getting in the playoffs considering the confidence that they're, they're playing with right now and the competition for places in the midfield as well with, with Sander Burge coming in and, and producing that assist for the first goal. I think, you know, things are looking up.
4: they got, they got loads of strikers, do not they? I mean, Brewster, you got McBurney. I thought Illaman and Ndai was brilliant in this game. He was everywhere, <laughs> wherever the ball was, he was, and he was sort of twisting up his man. He, he, he gave the team a really good energy. So, So yeah, Sheffield United definitely um, looking the real deal. And yeah, we were critical of the appointment, but Heckenbottom is... Because because on paper, Jekanovic has a lot more pedigree than Paul Heckenbottom as a manager. That's why we said it. But maybe it's just a good fit. So far, so good, for sure.
2: Uh, Blackpool brushed aside Bristol City to further the respective narratives of the 2 clubs' season, namely joy and misery. Josh Bowler... With the pick of the goals here. Just look at the space that Bowler's in here and he's brought it down wonderfully well. One-on-one with Pring, weaves his way inside. Fantastic goal by Josh Bowler. Three wins in a row at home for Blackpool, Joe. Is it is it fanciful to say that they might make a run at the playoffs? Only five points off it.
3: Why not? Uh, Barnsley... Did similar thing last season where I know they, they had the season before where they solidified their, their season in champ. But why not? I think once you play this many games throughout the season, you're in there for a reason. You're in there because you're good enough. And you know they've they haven't just had a run to kind of creep up there. They've been quite doing quite well all season really. And um, you know what an incredible job you've done there. And and there's probably seven or eight teams um, outside of the playoffs who all think they they've got a chance. And and Blackpool probably uh, are in that mix as well. Uh, Clark, you've worked with me long enough
2: now to know that funk is one of my favourite words. I'm going to go ahead and say that's what Bristol City are in. Uh, How do they get out of it? And is Nigel Pearson the man to do it?
4: Well, they need to remember that clean sheets are quite important in football because they, they seem to have forgotten how to defend. Absolutely shocking defending in this match. And I mean, Callas is a really experienced defender. He's been around for years. He's not—he's not a poor player. I mean, from one of the goals, he just just ball watches completely and 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 doesn't react to the knockdown from Yates. Really, really bad. They're like if they concede two against Reading on Wednesday, it means they would have conceded at least two goals in the last ten games, and that's a that's a club record, or it would be a joint club record. I mean that's that's horrendous. I mean Joe, Joe I mean if that happened at Wickham I mean there'd be Gareth would be tearing strips off the lads wouldn't he? It'd be it'd be unbelievable. So um yeah they've got to they've got to um first and foremost try and have a clean sheet mentality moving forward very quickly I like this stats. So I want to crowbar it in. I know you've not asked me about Blackpool, but Josh Bowler, who's got a great goal, didn't he? Lovely, you know. I love the way he sort of one v one, really confident the way he ducked inside. He's attempted 46 more dribbles than any other Championship player this season. Quite remarkable. He just he loves amazing.
2: And that Sam is is a bit like Brendan Johnson at Forest, isn't it? Is sometimes if you keep a player in a transfer window, it gives you as big of a boost as it does if you sign one.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think in certain games, the two wingers are their real strength. You know, he plays 4 4 2 quite a lot in the games at home. There's there's flexibility there. They went, I think, to a a five away at um, Fulham recently. He he clearly knows what he's doing, the manager. But yeah, 100% keeping hold of Bowler and then adding Kirk and Beasley as well to an already quite. Strong looking front line with uh, Medine and Yates who can be paired. Lavery can play by himself. They've got really good options going forward. Um, yeah, Defensively, I think not brilliant at times, but it's probably going to be too much of an ask to get into the playoffs this year, but it's been an incredible first season back in the championship for them, no doubt.
2: Uh, Preston North End are in the top half of the table. That after they won the War of the Roses at Hull, they suffer their first defeat under Shotarava Lansing. No surprise that an archer was on target here.
1: But Preston come again into Archer, no flag! That will count! Cameron Archer's second goal for Preston North End! He has ruined the carnival atmosphere in Hull!
2: Uh, Joe, when you change your manager halfway through a season, I guess it can go one or two ways. But but under Ryan Lowe, it, Preston look a totally different side. It's just, he's just come and managed to kind of, we used the word momentum earlier, he's kept what he
3: had at Plymouth and taken it to Preston. Yeah, um, did an incredible job at Plymouth to to put them right in the mix. And, and since he's left, you know, you can see the... In- it's, they haven't been as consistent, whether or not players are, are changing and things like that. But but at Preston, he's done a he's done a great job, and it's difficult. Preston, I think the last few years they've kind of expected a little bit probably more than where they should have been. I I think um it's been there's some there's some bigger clubs in in the championship than Preston. No disrespect to them, but I think again they're in that mix of of six or seven eight teams outside the playoffs who can who really think that now they're probably like us having meetings in the next couple of weeks thinking, right, what do we need to do to to have a right, good, good go at this. And especially with the teams down the bottom, I think there, there's three or four that are so far adrift, I think why not kind of have a go and, and start preparing? There isn't, you know, eight, nine teams who are all looking over their shoulder this season. So it's kind of, there's a lot of teams who are probably thinking about next season already, but why not have a go this season? Why not? Like I said before, when you're hot and you're in it, you've got to go for it. You may not get a better opportunity again.
2: Some be an interesting conversation, I think, between Ryan Lowe and the chairman at Preston over the summer, because he'll be saying, "Look what I've done with the group that you gave me. Let me spend a few quid, bring some players in, and I can really go for it next year." And I guess the the answer coming from the other side of the table will be, "Yeah, but look what you've done (laughs) with what you've already got here. We don't need to give you any more money."
1: (laughs) I think they 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 maybe don't spend bundles the last few years, but they make some really sensible signings, I would say. Younger lads that have done it in um, in the divisions below. Look at someone like Whiteman who got the assist at the weekend. We were talking about his qualities for, for years on the podcast. They took the plunge. McCann, I think, has come down from from Scotland and, and looks the part. I mean, this is an inspired loan signing as well, Archer, because I saw him in the game against Chelsea live and you'd have thought he'd walk into every championship side. I think he's that good. He looks like he can hold it in. He can run, he's, his finishing looks superb as well with the amount of chances that are falling his way. So, And that gives them good strength, you know, because Evans and, and, and Jakobsen have been a real handful recently. So, no, they're, they're going brilliantly. And I thought something interesting, you know, talking about Plymouth earlier, that that shape that Ryan Lowe clearly prefers. He converted two midfield players to wingbacks at Plymouth and it looks like he's done that again with, with Potts, Brad Potts, who was getting a bit of criticism and, and looks to have fitted into that role. And it was the position I felt they should go and strengthen in this window. So what do I know? Because he's already worked his, his magic on a training ground.
4: Yeah, yeah. One other piece of good recruitment, I think is in goal with the, with the guy, Everson. He was good, wasn't he uh, previously? Was it with Rotherham? I think he was, um, he, he was excellent. And um, he made the difference. I think in, the, in this game, there was one unbelievable, Save. I think we all have a starfish save, don't we? Sort of spread himself, schmeichelish. Just thought it was sensational, and uh, they probably didn't really sort of, you know, didn't get enough credit for it. I also think Cameron Archer was offside for the goal. By the way, I, I, I paused it, I rewound it, I paused it. He looked, he looked at least half a yard offside.
2: So they got a little bit lucky, maybe Preston here, but um, yeah, flying. But then maybe they'd say that. Disallowed goal. I mean that that was basically <laughs> basically a carbon copy of what Duncan Watmore did, wasn't it? And and that goal stood. There was a handball in it, and, and this one was ruled out. So swings and roundabouts, or any other cliche you want to stick in there, I guess. Uh, right, let's get some championship odds at courtesy of Paddy Power here, represented by producer Abby.
5: Yeah, we'll go to the outrights for this week and into the top six finish. You can't even bet on Fulham just finishing the top six. Paddy Power have got them there as. Uh, nearly do Bournemouth have uh, their top six finish sort, sorted? They are 40 to one on Blackburn, third favourites. They are 10 to three on QPR, 4 to nine on West Brom, two to one on Sheffield United, six to four on Middlesbrough, six to five on. It's a lot of <laughs> teams on there. Um, Huddersfield, who are currently you know closer to all, to, to those positions, and some are seven to two and uh, Forest uh, in there at four to one to finish in the top six. Uh, if you fancy a top goal score or is uh alexandra mitovich 25 to 1 on and uh, ben brereton diaz 12 to 1 although i am annoyed that paddy power only write ben brereton not ben brereton diaz
6: thanks abby league one next looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
5: Because you're a listener of the Totally Football League show, you can get a third off an Athletic subscription right now. All you need to do is head to theathletic.com forward slash league show. That's theathletic.com forward slash league show.
2: The headlines in League One, the game between Morecambe and Bolton was paused for 10 minutes due to alleged racist abuse directed at Ian Everts staff. Here's what the Bolton boss had to say on the subject.
4: We are sportsmen, we are professional people in the public eye, and for whatever reason, People think that gives them a divine right
3: to say what they want to us, whether it's social
2: media or in person. Uh, There was more disruption at the New York Stadium where Rotherham went six points clear after beating Accrington, no thanks to a supposed supporter, running onto the pitch and kicking the ball away from a pen which was subsequently missed by Stanley. Sunderland need to get Keno in sharpish after they lost at home to Doncaster uh, in front of 38,000 plus supporters on Jermaine Defoe's second debut. MK Dons are a point off the top two after they beat Lincoln and Oxford also won 3-2 against Pompey. Uh, Joe, I mentioned the trouble there. We've seen a lot of it this weekend. We've seen a lot of it in the EFL over the last couple of weeks. Do you talk about this as players? Obviously, you, you had your game against MK Dons uh, halted for a little bit.
3: Is it, is it something that's weighing on your mind at the moment? Um, it seems to be happening so much more often than it than it ever has done. The, we've had incidents with the chanting, um, not just the Oxford game, but we more come the week before with the Akin were things that was going on with him. We had a player run on the pitch in the Oxford game as well and, and confronted players. So I don't know why... All of a sudden, it's it's happening a little bit more. I think people, um, Clinton Morrison was talking about it on Quest, saying people want to maybe get in the limelight and think it's funny and and show off to their mates or whatever it is. But it, it's hard. At some point, um, you see it in the the Forest Lester game. At some point, someone's going to get hurt, whether that's a player or the fan, by people reacting. Which you know, it's just a natural reaction. Sometimes, if someone comes at you, you want to protect yourself or protect teammates, and and you hope that something something serious doesn't happen. So. For the authorities, I'm glad that the um, the Bolton-Walcombe game, I'm glad Ian Nevitt took his players off because if you can't stop it by doing that, then then how can you stop it? I think the officials kind of have protocol, but I'm not sure if they're strong enough. I think they have to come stronger from the EFL. I've, I'm part of the, the Kick It Out players board and we talk about this a lot about what clubs can do more or what the EFL can do more. And, and I think there needs to be harsher sanctions, harsher, harsher punishments and and maybe more games getting abandoned and, you know, playing behind closed doors. I think that's the only way you can kind of stop it. In terms of the what the clubs can do, Clarkie, I thought I thought Leicester handled
2: it brilliantly yesterday. It wasn't even an hour after full time that they put out a statement saying that supporter will never attend the Leicester City game again, home and away. And that's the most effective deterrent, I guess, for people, isn't it?
4: Yeah, they should, that fan should never enter a stadium again, not just a Leicester, Leicester stadium, the, the same with the Rotherham fan, absolute disgrace. And and Joe's absolutely right. What, what if those two guys had a knife on them? What, they, they could easily have done that. And then you're talking about a tragedy. So yeah, it, something's got to be done about this. I think what Joe touched on there is, is, is my sort of little idea. I think for fan intruders, there should be something in place that the next match is behind closed doors, um, maybe except for away fans only. That that will force the clubs, when they're losing out on all that revenue coming in, that might force the clubs to work a bit harder to control their, their own fans and to maybe weed out the troublemakers. And it would also get the fans around these idiots to to, to play their part in stopping them. Um, behaving in this way because you know everyone's going to be punished I don't like points penalties because you're punishing the players not fair on people like Joe and Gareth and you know all these whoever it is Paul Ward it wouldn't wouldn't be fair I don't think Um, but but if the fans are, are going to misbehave they're going to have to stop going to the games you know behind closed doors is the way way forward.
2: What we don't want, Sam, is is what you get in in some European countries where you get all that netting around the the, the uh, between the stands and the pitch, so people can't get on, you know, moats or whatever. We don't want to be in a situation where we feel that that's a necessity.
1: No, not ideally. But the other thing from the weekend, the amount of objects getting lobbed onto the pitch now as well, that seems to have crept crept back in. Loads of spectators on the pitch. You know, when I was playing. To see the the, the jubilance of fans and the odd one coming on the pitch, it didn't seem to be so much of a a problem. It was a rarity. And now it seems to be happening in, in most games at the weekend. So I don't disagree with anything the guys have said Yeah, It has to be, the deterrent has to be behind closed doors, stopping the spectators from coming. That would make people think twice. And it is up to the clubs, I suppose. They have the database of which supporters come into their stadium. They know how... They police on match days. They know how many stewards they've got in certain areas and stuff like that. It's up to them to try and make positive steps, I suppose, to try and eradicate this. So, yeah, points penalties is not the answer, but it is up to the the clubs, the infrastructure, to, to try and get a handle on this.
2: Uh, let's talk about some actual football then, although Sunderland will be wishing that we didn't bother <laughs> because they were beaten 2-1 at home by actual Doncaster uh, on Saturday. This in front of 38,000 plus at the Stadium of Light. Joe, you'll have been following the Sunderland story with interest, I'm sure. Are you, like us, desperate to see Roy Keane get the job just just, just for the narrative, just for the content? Or, or are you thinking, mm, just keep things as they are and maybe, maybe we can uh, leapfrog them in the table?
3: Uh, well, there's that part of it. Yeah, of course, we, we're looking at all the teams around us, but like I said, from a fan of football and and watching Sunderland Till I Died on, on Netflix, that documentary, it would be incredible to watch Roy Keane and, and see how he acts there. Um, for some reason at Sunderland, it never seems to quite work out perfectly how they want to do it. They always kind of go about it the hard way. And to have 38,000 fans in League One, let alone in the Premier League, that's a lot but in league 1 is is incredible and the supporters there do deserve to to see their team play at a higher level and and for whatever reason it hasn't quite worked out and i was just a little bit surprised at at the team selection they you know they've got three big stars that they brought in in in, in january they've they've got manager there they they knew there was going to have a, a huge crowd why not put a few of them in the start of 11 get the crowd buzzing at the start of the game and and just reading the comments and stuff before was just about the team selection. Why aren't they playing those players after a defeat? And um, you know, but fair play to Doncaster. They are brilliant. They, they fully deserve their lead, and, and probably could have gone in even more than two 0 up. And you know, it's it's tough times at Sunderland, but they're still fourth or fifth in the league, and and in a great position to to not just get in the playoffs, but get automatics as well.
2: Um, not the main takeaway from this game, Clarkie, but one thing that did stand out to me is the pitch at the Stadium of Light is absolutely atrocious. For for a ground of that quality, surely it ought not to be that bad. Is, is that an excuse for them not exactly tearing it up, if you'll forgive the, the worst panel I'll make all day?
4: No, I mean, you're talking to someone that played, that That was a decent pitch this time of the year <laughs> when I played, you know, in the, in the sort of... Yeah, mid to late 90s. No, not having that at all. Um, I thought they were unlucky because Ross Stewart's header looked way over the line to me. Uh, <laughs> again, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't kick up more of a fuss about that. I completely agree with Joe. I think the caretaker, Dodds, had a bit of a mare with his team selection. I think he changed it to a back three as well. And then halfway through, changed it back. Um uh, not really sure what what, they, what they're what they doing in terms of are they going to play out from the back like they did under Lee Johnson or are they going to be a bit more direct. It was just a mishmash of a performance. Um, uh, and they come up against a Doncaster team that that were inspired on the day, weren't they? Great fight from them. I mean, they won at MK, didn't they, recently as well? So, And, and in between, I think they got battered by Rotherham. So they're, they're a hard team to sort of put your finger on at the moment. But I think considering Donny had five new faces... In their starting eleven, that was a phenomenal performance, and result really was so. And, and it'll give them belief now that they might be able to pull, pull something off. Because a few weeks ago, I think we all we all just assumed they were going down with a whimper, but mightn't be the case now.
2: And might it help them, Sam, that their next game is another biggie, home to Ipswich, and then they go away to Portsmouth. So that after the Lord Mayor's show thing that can often happen to teams after after a big result might might be less likely because they, they know they'll have to be up for this one.
1: Yeah, well, it's three really difficult games on the, the bounce. And the, the lads would have been there. When you get an influx of new players, when you're desperate for it, and the training improves and you get a result on the pitch, the, the spirit will be so much better than it has been previously this season. And yeah, Clark, he touched on it. There five new players in. Griffith's got a goal. He's an interesting story. Been playing in, in France after getting plucked from, from Spurs. He's come in, done brilliantly. I think Josh Martin was a great get from, from Norwich. So they've replenished the squad. Um, he got it badly wrong against Rotherham, trying to match up, a, again, one of the best sides who know their jobs in the division so gary mcsheffery's probably learnt from that and just focused on themselves going into this game got a magnificent result and there won't be any fear for, for the players now going into some big fixtures they'll be excited about getting out there because they'll have some lads who have got the the freedom and are not bearing the scars of the early part of the season if you like
2: uh, elsewhere, the McDonns, planting themselves right in the automatic promotion race. Two-one win against Lincoln at Stadium MK leaves them just a point off the top two. Uh, Joe, they've beaten you three times this season. I'm sorry to remind you. Um, thereby, <laughs> 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 I, I guess you, I guess you've been reasonably impressed by them.
3: Yeah, do, do you know? What, and, and when Russ Martin left, in well, really early on in the season, wasn't it? Um, you thought, how are they going to react? How are they going to cope with it? But Liam Manning coming in, it's it's been seamless, and in fact, they've probably kicked on a little bit, and they've had a bit of a, a really strange window where they've they've a lot of their their starting eleven have, have gone back, they've been recalled from loans and, and sold and, and other reasons, and but I think they've they've got quite a good. Number of players in who have slotted in really well as well, and again talking about keeping players, keeping hold of Scott Swine, who scored the winner again against us last week um, was was huge for them. And look, MK play incredibly good football, similar to um, to Swansea. They keep the ball a lot, and going back to their pitch, their pitch isn't great as well, but they still manage to play the way they want to play on there. Um, there's no excuses from them with it, but you know they're they're right in the mix now, and and. You know, two, three weeks ago, I don't think people were talking about them as being automatic contenders, but all of a sudden, a couple of wins and and they're right in the mix and and they fully deserve to be there. Yeah, they've done really well this season.
2: Another team in the mix are Oxford. They've scored 14 goals in their last four games. This after a humdinger against Portsmouth, Uh, they eventually grabbed the winner in the seventh minute of stoppage time, courtesy of Nathan Holland Clark, it's quite the the contrasting start to 2022 for for these two teams. One of them with loads of momentum, and the other one can't buy a win. It's, yeah, it I mean Oxford are so
4: exciting, aren't they? There were two great goals, weren't they? The Branigan hit was just the dream curler, wasn't it? It's really it's really hard to to curl a shot as powerfully as crisply as as he did, and that was. Yeah, that was a sort of one-in-a-season effort from him, I think. Just just brilliant. They've got loads of attacking options as well, haven't they, Oxford? So you, you think they're, they're going to keep on scoring goals, if only they could defend. If only they could keep clean sheets, they'd probably be in the, in the top two, wouldn't they? So, yeah, they're the entertainers of Pompey. I mean, you know, they're in a bad way. I, I don't... When I watch, see Pompey, and I saw him in the flesh recently, they don't look like a team that's really enjoying their football at the moment. It's pretty ugly it's not that great to watch not much football not much of a buzz you know when you watch a team you can see if there's a good vibe a good energy among them and it, it kind of feels the opposite of, of that to me anyway and um yeah the four defeats in five they, they don't look contenders they'll say here and understandably so with 10 men we almost got a great draw and, and i get that there's a bit more fight mate there's a bit of fight and desire there but don't know. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I don't think Pompey fans are, are loving it at the moment. It's it's not good football.
2: Sam, chance for you to further your agenda against Danny Cowley.
1: <laughs> I've worked with Nicky Cowley, and it was a thoroughly enjo- enjoyable evening. Um, but no surprise there was a bust up. I would uh, hasten to add in this game because he's quite lively in the old technical area, and I'm yeah. sure Carl Robinson is. Uh, likely to be so as well, but no. I just I was just going to say I saw them against Charlton, obviously, and the catalyst for that kind of nearly comeback was Jacobs and Curtis coming on. So no surprise that they both started and both scored in this game. But I was surprised to see them equalise because I noted when the opponent scored first this season, they'd lost ten out of twelve games. So there seems to be a lack of resilience and they have to start games quickly. Portsmouth, And that's been evident to me every time I've seen them this season, especially at home, if you've got the crowd and they can score, I don't think there's a problem. But going behind, they just don't seem to have the the mentality right now, which I think is, it's a lack of creators and a lack of end product at the top end of the pitch more than anything.
4: Harness and Walker were unused subs as well in this game, which I, I suppose that's partly down to the fact that they went down to 10 men, but yeah, still a surprise.
2: Uh, before we move on from League One, uh, a moment just to praise Jai Simi's magnificent pass uh, during that Charlton-Wimbledon game. Charlton coming out 3-2 winners in that one. Um, we'll talk a bit more Wickham. Joe, obviously you weren't in action this weekend. You mentioned the meetings. Uh, it's just giving you a little opportunity to, to reset. You've had these few days off and now, now you come back in and the gaffer says OK, this is what we're targeting for the rest of the season.
3: Yeah, he just kind of said, look, it's a clean slate. Um, we've give ourselves a, a, an incredible platform. There's still probably 20 teams, 18 teams who want to be in our position going into the last 17 games of the season. So we've got a great opportunity. We don't want to wait. Like I said, other teams will be planning for next season. We want to do things now. Um, we feel like we've got a squad that's, that can compete right at the top of the division. And, you know, on a day, we can we can beat anyone. I think we've been a little bit inconsistent. We haven't done a Rotherham and a Wigan and go 15 unbeaten. But that might be a good thing that, that we can just be a little bit inconsistent with the consistency going through to the end of the season. And we know points wise, we, you know, you know, you think roughly what you kind of need and we do need to go on a bit of a run, but you know, the atmosphere around the place is, you know, you know what the gaff is like. We could lose five nil. He comes in whooping in in the morning and, (laughs) uh, doesn't drag you in on a Sunday after a defeat. He's never like that. And, and we signed with signing Lewis wing and and um, Jack Young on Deadline Dave come in seamlessly. They, they're really enjoying it. They, they can't believe how nice everyone is around the training ground and, and players. No one's out to get them. So, so it's a great environment at the minute for, for those boys as well.
4: What a massive result that is, working for a gaffer like that. No Sundays. You, you can plan for your Sundays. I like that. <laughs> um, what, so, what, what's on the to do list? Can I just ask that in terms of what if you sit down as a group, you say, well, what, you know, what can we do better? What, what would you identify?
3: Nothing. It wasn't anything that we could do better as such. It was just the fact that let's just give everything we've got. We've got two months, uh, two, three months to kind of just give everything, just dedicate whatever you do in your life to, to get in promotion. And we just kept going back on previous experiences. And, and you'll know, you look back on your career, the best times you ever had, whatever level, however much money you're in, it's all about the promotions. And, and the best friends you have in football are usually from those seasons as well. So we just want to emphasise that you can do something special for this football club. What we did a couple of years ago, you don't want to keep talking about it. You want to make sure that it wasn't a one-off and, and we've got a chance to do it again and, and make new history for this football club.
2: Uh, it's been, what, less than a week since we heard the news that, that Matt Bloomfield was retiring. A,
3: a word on him and, and what he's meant to the club? Well, yeah, there's not a lot you can you can say that hasn't already been said. It's, um, You know, I mentioned it in one of my posts I put up about him that he's made me do a lot more for myself and my career, I'm probably still playing because of him. You know, he, from the first day I signed, I was wondering why old Matt Bloomfield was in, in the training ground an hour before everyone else and doing extras and things like that. I'd never quite seen it before. And now I'm, i want to be that I want to show with the other new boys coming in and the young players that that's the way to be. And he's still doing the same. He's still in early, he's still. Um, taking his job now as a coach um, incredibly diligently and, and I'm sure he's going to have a wonderful career and he is, I know it gets thrown about a lot, he's Mr Wickham, he's been there for 18 years, um, I think I've been there a long time but I played in his testimonial in one of my first games so um, <laughs> he's incredible professional, he's such a great guy and, and he's, a, he's a really good friend of mine as well and I've got, I can't praise him enough both on and off the pitch and, and what he's done for football.
1: Yeah, I just wanted, wanted to jump in and, and say Matt left Ipswich the summer that I arrived, but I don't think I've ever, you know, heard such amazing sentiment about a player when he's retiring that I have done in the last week about Matt Bloomfield. So it sounds like an incredibly, obviously I've played against him, incredibly unique, but the words that... I think Gareth Ainsworth spoke about him, and obviously Joe just then, and some other things I've read. I think it's incredibly unique in, in this game. So he's been he's been unbelievable. And again, I think it encapsulates what Wickham's about. And I, because I was there for a brief period, I roll out a few cliches, but that's from from hearing that, and obviously I know Dave Wheeler. It has still got that real. I don't. It's not a non-league mentality, but they're very together as a club. And um, yeah, Matt's been unbelievable. What a career.
2: So that's League One. Abby, can you give us some odds on it, please?
5: Thanks, Matt. Wickham are the fourth favourites to win the overall title of uh, League One. Uh, They are 25 to 1 to win that. Rotherham, the favourites, 8 to 13. Wigan nine to five. Sunderland still above Wickham thirteen to one. See how long that lasts. If you want a top goal scorer, it's Ross Stewart. He is six to five. Cole Stockton sixteen to five missed a penalty at the weekend, uh, did score anyway. And Michael Smith is five to one as well. And a one-time favourite Macaulay Bon is now languishing down at twenty to one.
6: Lovely. Thanks, Abby. FX is welcome to Rexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu.
5: This is the Totally Football League Show with Matt Davis Adams.
2: League Two: Oldham win the Battle of the Doomed. FGR win. Water still wet. Sutton move back into the automatic promotion places after drawing with Informed Bristol Rovers. James Robry revealed that there were no bids for Dom Telford. In January, uh, which is something of a surprise. Uh, mentioned Sutton there, one of three teams unbeaten in the EFL in 2022. Uh, Sam, Joe, care to care to hazard a guess at who either the other two teams who are yet to lose in the EFL in 2022 might be? I've got one, go on then. Forest Green, Forest Green is correct. Joe, can you tell me the other? Wigan, Wigan's not a bad shout, but it's not right, I'm afraid. What about,
1: um, Mansfield.
2: Uh, no, but then... There's that Abby hasn't put Mansfield in there, but I feel like Mansfield <laughs> haven't lost. So, Worst um, quiz ever. Abby says that this was taken from Sutton's Twitter account, so I'm guessing they are including Mansfield's defeat in the FA Cup, which uh, is not really in the question. Anyway, the other one was Huddersfield, but who knows uh, whether it's right or not. Um, <laughs> League 2, that's what we were talking about. Scunthorpe, bottom of it, after they were beaten by Oldham in the basement battle to decide... Who is least worst? Uh, Joe, we've been lamenting these two clubs all season. It looks as though they might both drop out of the league at the end of the season, but at least Oldham have, have given themselves a little bit of something to cling on to here.
3: Yeah, first of all, getting John Sheridan in is, I think, a huge appointment for them. Someone who's been there numerous times. Um, the fans seem to be enjoying that. They haven't enjoyed a lot what the owner's done there in the last last few years. But, you know, to get John Sheridan in, who's... Like I said, done there, had success there. They had over fifteen hundred fans travel there, and incredible scenes at the end when when they scored the goal, and and when Luamba came on scored the goal, and it, it just shows it that, that little bit of fight I think. And now they're think they're, they're five points off, We've got game in hand, and I think teams now around them will start to feel like maybe Oldham have got a little X factor now with John Sheridan to come in if they can. You know, pick up a few more results. I don't think it's going to be a, a huge points tally to stay up this season. I think it's going to be really difficult for, for Scunthorpe to put a run together. I think they've won three games all season. They still probably need to win seven or eight games from the last 16, 17 games. So it shows what a tough, tough end of the season they may have. But um, whoever won or lost that day, probably looking and thinking that that could be curtains for their season, I think.
2: Scunthorpe already thinking about National League life do you think Sam you, you kind of don't want to let that bleed into the football side of things I suppose but off the pitch you need to be making the adjustments for the fact that you're not going to be a football league club given that you're eight points off and as Joe said have won three of 29 games all
1: season I think off the pitch maybe um, but we're not privy to that as as players no. obviously there comes a stage when there's four or five games left and if you need to win every game the, the realisation is there. But I think at the moment, they brought in five new players. So there's a chance. You know, if they can, it's how quickly they gel, I suppose. And and with Oldham at the weekend, two players that John Sheridan's brought in in the last week had a real positive effect straight away. So it's how quickly Scunthorpe players can can gel if they can have a real impact on that squad. But one thing's right, you know, Keith Hill has not had the tools at his disposal this season. That squad has been miles short of the quality required, I think, to compete in in League Two. So they play two games more. They've got a deficit to hold them now. And Joe just said it, you know, the fans are behind John Sheridan because they know what he's done. So the atmosphere is immediately better. He can trust the, t- the the guys that he's brought in that he knows have done the business for him previously in his career. So of course, straight away, they've got a better chance of getting out of it. Scunthorpe's going to be incredibly difficult. Uh,
2: elsewhere at the county ground, uh, a switcheroo between Exeter and Swindon. The Grecians came from behind to beat the Robins and move into the playoff places. Therefore, uh, Sam, which of your former teams are you feeling more confident about finishing in those playoff positions at the end of the season?
1: Oh, you can't do that, mate. You can't do that. <laughs> I've got to say Swindon. Um Spent three years there and scored a few goals. Exton, not so much. So,
6: um,
1: yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be really tight. If you'd have asked me a month or so ago, I would have said Swindon were probably dead certs for the playoffs. But to lose Kessler Hayden back to Aston Villa, Tyree Simpson, the striker, who was so uh, influential in the last few, you know, weeks and, and months of his Swindon career. Yeah, tough to get over. And I just think... You know, the home form has been so desperate. I think they've only won three at home away. The contrast is alarming. And that's why the Swindon fans are just starting to turn a little bit on, on Bengal. And I think that's because the quality he's got within his, uh, his disposal with like Johnny Williams, you know, players that have played at a higher level they've got there at Swindon. And I think that expectation has just changed throughout the season when they've seen the type of player come into the club. So I would call for calm right now. Um, and I think maybe the, the changes that Exeter could make at the weekend has a, had a real positive effect for them in getting back into the game. But I think it'll be tight, but I'll have to go for Swindon. But maybe both of them will make it, let's say that.
2: There's your uh, headline on the Swindon Advertiser back page tomorrow, parking calls for calm. Um, <laughs> Joe, is there, is there any better way to win a game than like Exeter did in this instance? They scored two goals in the final, what, six minutes? That makes the journey home a little bit better.
3: No, There's no better feeling than scoring scoring late goals to get points to get wins. Um, two goals as well coming down and seven eight minutes to go, uh, being a goal down side scoring two goals to to win the game is amazing. And for me, like you said, that question, I feel Exeter. I just feel like they've they've been there, they've done it. They've had so many so many playoff campaigns. Um, getting promoted's been the hard part for them, but but getting into the playoffs, they seem to be experts at it. Um, and with Swindon, maybe having a few players that necessarily have come from higher divisions, who who can't struggle, you know, with or do struggle a little bit with the consistency of League Two and and playing and and in smaller stadiums, worse pitches, and things like that, they might come to to haunt them come the end of the season. But they're both still four and five points off the automatics, let alone the player. So, you know, only a run of a couple of games, a couple of wins here or there, and it can propel you right back up there. So, still, still so much time left to play.
2: Abby can tell us what the promotion markets are looking like in League Two according to Paddy Power.
5: Yep, final Paddy Power pit stop of the show, and uh, we'll go to the relegation odds. Uh, Scunthorpe are fourteen to one on to be relegated, and Oldham are seven to four on to be relegated as well. Uh, so that is as, as sorted as it could possibly be. Carlisle Walsall, the second, um, the third, and fourth favourites, I should say, five to one to be relegated, and we'll do a hat trick of top goal scorers where we find Dom. Telford 6 to 5 as the favourites. Matt Stevens and Jamil Matt. The Matt attack coming up second and third. Uh, Stevens 23 to 10, Jameel Matt 11 to 4. Those are your odds.
2: You can find out these odds and more at paddypower.com. All the Paddy Power app prices are accurate at the time of recording. It's over 18s only terms and conditions apply. And when the fun stops, stop. <laughs> All right, that will just about do it for today. But before we go, after Oxford versus Pompey had 10 yellow cards and one red, I want to know the feistiest game you've ever played in. Uh, Adrian, you can go first.
4: Yeah, a lot. A lot of feisty (laughs) games. A lot of matches where various players got sent off. But but there's one match that really sticks in my memory. It was at Swansea. And it was just a war Uh, at Vetch Field. It was pre-Liberty. And... It was horrible. It was horrible to go there. I don't know if uh, any the other guys played there, but it, it was really noisy. And yeah, it was always just a battle. And we got, I was playing for South End at the time, we had three players sent off. Uh, Kevin Mayer, who's now the manager, like the nicest man in the world, uh, he got sent off. Joint nicest man in the world was, it was a guy called Julian Hales. Never swore, never did anything wrong. Uh, he got sent off. As did Mick Gooding, who was yeah, he was a bit, he was, he was a bit feisty. As our player coach, yeah, three three sent off, so we were down to eight. They had a few yellows. It was yeah, it was horrendous, and yeah, things were said afterwards. It was it, yeah, it was a little bit, little bit, little bit of afters down in the tunnel and the change room area. Yeah, that's the that's the one that stands out to me. Um, yeah, you don't forget those ones.
2: Uh, Sam, you're a lover, not a fighter. Were you always first down the tunnel when it started kicking off?
1: <laughs> no, it's at the back, like chatting to my mates in the crowd or whatever just <laughs> <laughs> nonsense um I remember Kevin Nichols who Joe would have played against I'm sure trying to incite a riot at Kenilworth Road one night uh when we were down to nine men and I think he ne- he nearly achieved his goal actually <laughs> he was still go- going at it down the tunnel so that one sticks out uh, and I think pre-season games you know against uh, teams from different countries or whatever where maybe there's uh, little points to prove and stuff like that. I remember going to Hungary and Jim Magilton, um got sent off for whacking someone after about 30 seconds. And I think that meant he missed the start of the championship season, which was quite amusing. Even more so when he became the manager a year later.
2: <laughs> Joe, I'm just looking at your disciplinary record on transfer marked and it's actually pretty good. Not many red cards in your storied career. Does that mean that, that you're always kind of one of the, the hold me back lads rather
3: than the getting stuck in the thick of it? <laughs> I'm like, Sam, I'm not even going to hold me back. I'm, I'm standing with a referee trying to be oblivious <laughs> to it all. Um, but again, what, one that sticks out for me is uh, when I was at Bristol Rovers, we played Swindon, which was a bit of a derby. Um, and I think they had three players sent off. We had two players sent off. They beat us 1-0. Again, it was just players were coming on, just two-footing people and getting straight red cards and stuff. It was um, <laughs> quite funny. But that season, in fact, we played against three teams that went down to eight men um, and we didn't win one game that's funny
2: yeah who does that say more about I wonder (laughs) all right that'll do it for today many thanks to Adrian to Sam and to Joe for joining us we'll be back on Thursday when we'll reflect on the midweek action and look ahead to the weekend's game join us for that if you can until then from all of us here it's goodbye
5: you've been listening to the Totally Football League show part of the Athletic Podcast Network listen ad free on the Athletic app and keep up to date with everything totally by heading to at the totally show on Twitter and on Insta Find out the latest subscription offers by going to theathletic.com forward slash league show. The Totally Football League Show is an Athletic Media Company production.
6: The Athletic.